0: Hello kinderlech, today I'm going to tell you a beautiful story with the Baal Shem Tov. This story was told by the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe in his memoirs tells the story. The Baal Shem Tov had many Talmidim, many Hasidim. And one of them lived in a city called Harki. Harki was in Poland. And uh, in Harki... There the lived many Jews, and one of them was named was Reb Nissen. Reb Nissen was a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov. Harki also had uh, forests around the city, and there were other towns near the forest, other cities. And there was a poet. He was a prince. He was related to the king of Russia, <clears throat> and he was a control. He owned everything, all the cities, the towns. And the forest, of all his, he was very rich. He had a lot of money. He never had to work to make money because he had plenty of money. So what did he do a whole day? Yeah, he would play games and, and have parties at night and drink and get drunk. And then he would go sometimes hunting in the forest. He had huge forests which had plenty of wild animals in it. He would go hunting. Hunting was a hobby. He loved it. It was like so much fun to hunt and to shoot and trap animals well jews don't hunt it's not supposed to be we don't shoot animals for nothing right this is just to have fun but that's what goyim do they go hunting now this poet his name was um, benedict Radsville. benedict radzvil benedict radzvil had also a friend Nobody knew exactly where he's from and who he is, but he was like a very rich friend who came from France because his name was Pierre-Louis. Pierre-Louis is a French name. And Pierre-Louis was very good friends with his poets, with Benedict Radzville. And he would come to visit him from time to time, and they would go together hunting together and have fun. They would bring also their servants and all their friends and helpers. And to get a large group would go into the forest and hunt animals. And then after the hunting season, when they finished hunting after a few weeks, they would come back to Harki and they would have a party, a big party, and they would invite all the pirates uh, from all around them, from all the cities and towns, and the rich people, and they would make a huge party and dance and drink a whole night. Now, Reb Nisen, who lived in Harki, <coughs> one day traveled to the Balshemtov. Tov. He went to the Balshemtov Tov to be there for Shabbos. After Shabbos, he was about to go back to Harki. He went to Yechides, to the Balshemtov Tov, to ask him for a bracha before he leaves back to his town. When he was inside the room of the Balshemtov, Tov, the Balshemtov Tov suddenly turns to him and says, do you know there's a Pasuk in the book of Tehillim, right? Kindlech, you say Tehillim sometimes, Shabbos Mevorachim, or every day you say, if you prepit lech Tehillim. In Tehillim, there is a Pasuk somewhere where David the Melech describes Dovid the David says there are certain people that go into the ocean. But how do you go into the ocean? You can't just walk into the ocean, you're going to drown. So you go on a boat, so they go down, there are people that go down into the ocean to travel but in boats. Oniyais is boats. Aniyah is one boat. Oniyais is many boats. People that go into the ocean, into boats to travel through the ocean. And the boats protect them from the water. And then the Melach continues, there are other people that are they do work in the deep, deep waters. You know what the the Melch is talking about? You know, the people that go into the water, not in a ship, they go down deep, deep in the water. They swim all the way to the bottom of the ocean, which is a long, long, long trip. To go to the bottom of the ocean, the ocean is very, very deep. But in the bottom of the ocean, you can find some special treasures. You know, they call them oysters with it's like shells and inside the shell is like a very very beautiful beautiful stone it's like a diamond and it's very expensive it costs a lot of money if you can get those oysters and those gems those special treasures from the ocean deep inside the ocean you bring it up with you you can sell it for a lot of money and be very rich says some people go into the ocean but they stay on top of the water in a boat the boat carries you on top of the water so you don't fall and you don't drown. But then there are people who jump inside and they do, they know how to swim really well, and they go down to the bottom of the ocean and they find these great treasures. It says the Baal Shem Tov, I want you to know that the David HaMelech was not speaking about real boats and real treasures. He was talking about anishama the neshama comes down to this world, it's like going into the ocean. Why? What's the connection between the ocean and this world? Well, the ocean can be sometimes very calm and easy to travel on, and sometimes it's very dangerous because the winds start blowing and creating massive waves waves that can cause the ship to drown. So the ocean can get sometimes very dangerous and people would drown. But same thing with this world. The Neshama comes from a very helical, holy, pure place in Shamaim, very close to Hashem. And then Hashem says, no, you must go down into this world, into your body and be born as a baby in a family. And there you must do Torah mitzvahs. And this world, Hashem tells the Neshama, should know it's not a simple world. It's a world's like a wild ocean, with big waves. You always, if you listen to your yitzhara, you can drown, in a world of evil of bad things. So don't listen to the yitzhara. Make yourself a boat, a boat that will protect you. What is the boat that protects the neshama from all the bad things in the world? That's Torah and mitzvahs. That's the boat for the neshama. Aniyah means a boat. Aniyah is made out of two words, Aniyutke. I am Hashem. Where is Hashem? In Torah Mitzvahs. So when you make Torah Mitzvahs, you do Torah Mitzvahs, then you're like in a boat, in Aniyah. And you're protected against all the evil from the Yitzhahara and from the world around you. But then says the Bal Shem Tov, David teaches us sometimes a Jew must jump out of the boat go into the ocean, the dangerous ocean, and go all the way down, down, deep, deep, deep in the bottom of the ocean. And what are you gonna find here? Neshamas, a neshamah that fell down into not such a good place. In fact, he says some neshamas are born in families where they teach them Torah, mitzvahs, and they go to cheder, they go to yeshiva, and they learn and they grow up to be good yidin, good Jews, they daven and learn and do mitzvahs. But then there are a lot of Jewish people, who are that came into the world, they were born in a family that doesn't know about Torah mitzvahs, and they don't teach them any Torah mitzvahs. They grow up just like the goyim. They do what the goyim do, the same thing. They don't know what it means to be Jewish. And sometimes they grow up in non-Jewish communities, in a city where there are no Jews. And these neshamas don't have a boat. They don't have Torah and mitzvahs to protect them against the waters, against the evil of the world. So they fall into the water, deep, deep inside the water. So it's those neshamas who are fortunate to be born in a boat, that means in a from Jewish family where they learn Torah and do mitzvahs, you should jump out of the boat and go find these neshamas and bring them up. And bring them into the boat. That means you teach them Torah mitzvahs and make them also good Jewish people. You are one of those neshamas that need to jump out of the boat and find these neshamas that fell very deep into very deep, evil, bad places. Rebnison didn't understand why the Balshantav is telling him this. What's the purpose? What did he mean to tell him? Then the Bashentov says to him, You know, one of those Nishamas that fell deep inside the ocean, that means they're very in a very bad place. They're not doing mitzvahs at all. Is a man in Europe that comes to your city from time to time. His name is Pierre Louis. You know, you've heard of him. He comes hunting with the parts. Benedict Radzvil, that's his best friend. That guy Pierre Louis is actually Jewish, and Rebbe says he's Jewish. He doesn't look Jewish. He acts like a guy. He dresses like goyim. He looks like the goyim, and he parties all night like the goyim. He's he doesn't sound Jewish. The questioner said, "No, no, he's a Jew. His real name is Pesach Tzvi, and he's a Levi. He comes from Shevet Levi. When he was born, his mother gave him a bris." But then, when he got older, his father didn't want to do Torah Mitzvah, So his father raised him like a goy, and he became rich, but he lived a life like a goy—no Torah, no Mitzvah, nothing. He became best friends with his Vlad, with his uh, Benedict Radzvil, and they go hunting and partying a whole day. He eats treif and everything is—is not keeping Torah mitzvahs. So you must find a way to save his neshama and bring it into the boat, bring it into Torah mitzvah. And then the Bar Tov hands him this envelope, a sealed envelope, he says, listen, this envelope you keep sealed, closed, don't open it up until one day you'll hear that the parrits is coming to town after a hunting season. And Pierre-Louis will also come and all their helpers and servants will also come from the hunting trip in the forests, and they'll come to the town to celebrate and to have parties. Well, you'll find you'll you'll know when to open the envelope. You'll know when to open the envelope. And so, Remizin took the envelope, went back to Harki, and forgot about it. A few months passed, and everybody in town is getting ready. Oh, the poets. Uh, Benedict Ratzville is coming to town again. He just went on a hunting trip to the forest around Harki and he took his friend Pierre Louis with him and they had a great time. And now they're coming back with all the people that came with them and they're coming back to Harki to have a party. And you know where they're gonna have the party? They're gonna have the party in the house, beautiful, big mansion house of the Galach. The Galach in the town invited them to come to his house and to have a party but something terrible happened as the poets Benedict was crossing the threshold he was going into the house of the Gala he tripped on the threshold which is by the entrance of the door and he fell down so hard that the gun that was stuck in his belt he had a gun But because of the fall that he fell so hard, it shot out a bullet straight into his stomach, into the parrots' stomach. Then the parrots ended up lying on the ground unconsciously. He was like, couldn't see or hear, he was unconscious. He fainted and there was blood coming out of his stomach. People were screaming, oh, what happened, what happened? Guy, call a doctor, call a doctor. And two people carried him to a bed in the Galach's house, in a special room. And they called the doctor and the doctor came and says, oh, let's stop bleeding, stop the bleeding, otherwise he's gonna die. And he tried to stop the bleeding, but it didn't work, it didn't work. So they called bigger doctors They sent for the biggest doctors in other cities everywhere, they called them all together. And everybody tried to stop the bleeding, but it didn't really stop. And uh, Benedict, became more and bigger, bigger danger. And people were afraid that he's gonna die. The doctors didn't know what to do. Reb Nisan, meanwhile, hears about the whole thing that's happening in the that the, the beloved parrots, everybody loved the parrots, uh, Benedict, because he was nice to everybody. And the beloved parrots just got shot by mistake in his stomach. And he fell down, and that he's in very big danger, and the doctors can't help him. And Rebdison thinks, oh, I think this is the time the Baal Shem wanted me to open the envelope. He goes and finds the envelope and opens it up, and he sees a note inside. The Baal Shem wrote in the note, you know, <clears throat> if somebody has a wound in the stomach, this is the kind of thing you should do. You should put together in your kitchen oil and salt and pepper and sugar and and lemon and spices and this spice and that thing. He said, put it all together, mix it all together. He tells him exactly how much to take from each thing. You mix it together in a little bottle and then you go give it to that person. You smear it on his wound. It'll stop the bleeding and make him healthy again. That's what it says in the note. It doesn't say the name of the poets or anything. She said, "Just you should know that if somebody has this type of wound, this is a good thing to put on. And Reb Nisan realizes that the Baal Shem Tov with Ruach HaKodesh saw this in advance a few months ago. He gave him this envelope and him, one day you'll know when to open it. And the Baal Shem Tov foresaw, he saw in advance, that this is going to happen. And in the end of the note, the Baal Shem Tov adds, and remember, Pierre-Louis, you've got to find him and, and make sure that you help him become a good Jew where he learns and davens the story Reb immediately went inside his kitchen and he found the oil and he found the sugar and the salt and the this and that he mixed it all together and ran to the house of the Galach. When he knocked on the door, Pierre-Louis opened up the door and he looked at his Jew. Reb Nissen had a a big beard and payas and a big yarmulke on his head. He says, what are you doing here? Don't you know the Peretz is dying and you're coming and bothering us? Go back to the Jewish people. Leave Leave them alone. Leave us alone. He says, no, 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 I have a medicine that can cure the poets. And Pierre-Louis says, what are you, making a joke? You're not a doctor. You're just a little Jew with, with a beard and face. What do you know about medicine? We have the biggest doctors here that can't help him. So stop making us crazy and stop making jokes here. Just go away and, and let's close the door. But as soon as the Pierre-Louis was about to close the door, the doctor that was inside the room overheard the voice of Rebnissen, And the Reb was saying that he has a cure for the parrots. So he said, Oh, hey, call him in, call him in. Well, what can we lose? I don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. Maybe he has something, who knows? And Rebnissen said, Okay guys, let me go over to the to, to the poets in his bed. And he took the, the bottle instead of putting on the stomach on the belly of the parts where the wound was the the mixture that he put together in his kitchen, and then he gave a, a little bit in his mouth, and within an hour to everybody's amazement, the blood stopped coming out, and the poets felt better. He woke up, he became conscious again, and he started talking, he's feeling better and better, and within a few hours, he was already sitting up in his bed. And the next day, he actually was able to walk around. Everybody watched this incredible miracle. And people asked him, so how did you do this? Uh, well, how did you know about this resa, about this medicine? He said, it's not my medicine. It's from my Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov, who a few months ago gave me that note. and said, one day you should open it up because you'll need it. Wow, everybody was like, woo, wow. As such a tzaddik, he knows everything in advance. You saw, Beruach HaKaydish, that this whole thing will happen. And he says, yeah, yeah. And the poets asked him, can I pay you for all this? You saved my life. And Reb said, like the Bar Tov told him, not to take any money. Bar Tov told him if the parrits wants to pay him, he should say to the parrits, no, no, I can't take any money. The only thing I want from you is to be nice to the Jewish people that live in your towns and give them work so they should have money to live. That's all, but I don't want any money. And Pierre Louis was standing on the side and watching, and he can't believe his eyes. He just saw a miracle. And he heard the story of this rabbi. Finally, Reb Nissen found this is the, the right time. He went over to Pierre-Louis and says, I need to talk to you privately, alone, when nobody's around, let's go to the side room. And Reb Nissen went to Pierre-Louis, says to Pierre-Louis, listen, the same holy rabbi that I have, the Baal Shem Tov, who gave me this note with this recipe for this, for this medicine, for this paritz. He's also the rabbi that told me that I should tell you that you are actually a Jew and your name is Pesach Tzvi, and that it's about time that you become more Jewish, that you start doing mitzvahs and Pierre Louis was listening. He was like, oh, I can't believe it. This such a He knows everything. And Remlis left, left the house. The parrots became healthy and well, he recovered, and meanwhile Pierre-Louis, you could see on his face that he's very, very, very excited. He doesn't know what to do, and the next day, he finds the house of Rabbi Nisseni and knocks on his door, says to him, listen, you spoke to me yesterday, and you told me these amazing things, and I saw these amazing things that you did for the parrots. I realized that Balshtam is a very holy, holy person, and suddenly I feel a desire that I want to be more Jewish. I want you to help me and teach me. I spoke to my good friend the Pardes, Benedict, and I told him what you told me, and he said to me, "Don't worry. I should go, and take money and learn, and so I can live with the money and then learn and study Torah and do what I need to do." And I started learning with with Pierre-Louis, who became Pesach Tzvi, and they studied until Pesach Tzvi became very knowledgeable in Torah and became a full Baal Tshuva.